Genesis Tonkaban episode 69. Uh, this week we'll be going over sort of a, uh, a manga sight and sound poll that Jude and I came up with, and we'll be going over the Tenmaku Cinema Scouting Report as well. My name is Cole Greco, and join me as usual is my co-host, Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Pretty much been only like watching baseball over the past week. Mm-hmm. Although I did, I did do my blue box book club on Tuesday, which I had mentioned I was mm-hmm. about to do on the previous episode, and yeah. it turned out pretty interesting. I feel like I'm not. I wasn't really sure how people were going to react to it. It was mm-hmm. a much like newer series compared to the other clubs that were running. I'm currently in the Bakuman one, which I'm really enjoying, but. A lot of the other stuff is like, you know, already been critically acclaimed. So you can assume people are probably going to like it. Yeah. And the opinions seem to be like across the map, which was interesting. Hmm. There were a few people who were like super slow and kind of boring. And the art is not what they expected it to be, which mm-hmm. is like fair, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then there were other people that were like, um, especially people that were like more into shoujo manga that actually seemed to be surprised by how much they liked it. Hmm. So I guess like, you know, getting a consensus opinion sh- shows me that the like romance in blue box is better maybe than the sports stuff. Although I don't know, I- mm-hmm. I've liked the sports scenes thus far. Yeah, I think the the sports scenes in it are good when they happen. We just don't get yeah. that, like, you know, even we were supposed to get kind of this basketball arc or so we thought. And even then there was like two scenes of playing basketball. So I could see if you're, if you're coming at it from a, you know, more of a high Q lens, you're going to be a little disappointed. Yeah. And honestly, one of my biggest complaints about the series as somebody that really does like it is that there's n- the ratio of basketball to badminton is way off we need mm-hmm. way more basketball yep that's yep. what i'm i mean i think the sort of draw of the series is that there's like not really any other big badminton series mm-hmm. but like man i i just like basketball way more <laughs> and it's cool that it's also like women's basketball too i can't really mm-hmm. think of another manga series that's like basketball themed that's not about guys so i think that's really cool and they're showing it at like a pretty high level because she's uh in this current chapter about to go to nationals mm-hmm. so it's not just like pick up basketball yeah so I, i'd really like to see more of that mm-hmm. or at least if they're going to do more badminton like get really into it you know like haikyuu i had no interest in volleyball until i read haikyuu but then you know they do such a good job with like explaining it uh that you know by the end of the series i'm like holy shit we should just replace basketball with with volleyball (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) this actually is my my sports hot take is that you know the the coolest things about basketball are like dunking blocking someone diving on the floor to like grab the ball and that's literally Mm. every single play in basket in uh, volleyball (laughs) so it's like let's just just supplant it with volleyball I'd be interested to see like how much of an impact on the popularity of volleyball Haikyuu mm-hmm. has had because I did see something where like they do sort of have like semi-pro professional volleyball teams in Japan and yeah. I wonder if those have sort of like cropped up more over the past few years. Well, they have a pro league and as as far as I'm aware, the Japanese team is actually like in kind of the upper tier of of mm. like national team, like for the Olympics or whatever, it might be like you know whatever the U.S., Japan, 
Italy and what are France or something like that. Or, you know, there's like whatever five teams that are like kind of in contention. And I, I, I think that Japan is like there or like, you know, just one step below. Like they're actually pretty decent. Yeah, I'm looking at their Wikipedia page here. I guess it's called the V League, and mm-hmm. some of the some of the logos for these teams are pretty sick. There's one called like the Hiroshima JT Thunders, and their logo is just like a like, yellow smiley face that I guess is supposed <laughs> to be a volleyball, and he's got like little hands and feet. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that at one point in Haikyuu, they start they show like some pro teams that are just made up, and there's one. The, uh, the two teams that they like really show are like the Eagles, I think, and then the other one's the Black mm. Jackals, which is <laughs> kind of hilarious for a team name. <laughs> yeah, that totally sounds like a uh, like a level minor league baseball team or yep. like an NBA G League team. Mm-hmm. Yep, or one that you can create in like the expansion mode of like you know MLB <laughs> the Show or something like that. True. They give you like the Charlotte yeah, one Black team. Jackals. <laughs> It looks like there's one uh, volleyball team in Shizuoka called the Arrows, and their logo is just like an arrow with a face, <laughs> and it's got like Popeye-looking muscular arms. Oh my gosh! Why are they all? Why are they all personified? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a lot of anthropomorphic. Mm-hmm. shapes and symbols not even like animals or whatever you yeah. usually name sports teams after I, I guess it's no different than baseball teams being named after sock colors yeah i was gonna say there's multiple socks <laughs> um all right well do we want to hop into our sort of mock sight and uh, sound effects poll that we've got here yeah and mm-hmm. From what we were talking about earlier, this is sort of like our prediction for what uh, mangaka would vote for on the sight and sound poll. Yeah, mangaka are like manga critics uh, because I was trying to look at it too because obviously over here we don't really have like manga crit, right? Like it's it's not not big enough and it's also kind of hard to do. Like at what point do you you review My Hero Academia – you know, like if I right. if I were to submit my review after 200 chapters for MHA, it'd be way different than if I was reviewing it right now. And one of the things about my anime list that kind of annoys me, this is just me going on a sort of unrelated tangent, mm-hmm. but you look at the review section on there and so many people decide to launch their review after like three chapters, which I think yeah. is like a ploy to just get more likes and get more visibility on there. Mm-hmm. But, man, I feel like you should at least wait until, like, chapter 15 or 20. Like, wait until we got a couple of volumes out at the latest mm-hmm. or at the earliest before you actually start writing about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'll – when because I'll start, like, you know, I'll add it to my anime list, um, like, as soon as I start reading it. And I do give it, like, a number rating that just kind of fluctuates yeah. as it goes. <clears throat> but I couldn't imagine, like, you know – writing like a full you know thing about tenmaku cinema right now you know like it's only exactly it isn't like just filled with predictions or like if it goes this way it will be really good you know yeah that's why i feel like when i do my like first impressions scouting report reviews on series Mm -hmm. they're structured as if like you're looking at a pro sports prospect you're like yeah we don't know how good the art's going to get Mm -hmm. but 
you can kind of get an idea based on what you've seen in the past. And I feel like that's all you can really do for like reviewing something once you're in volume one. Yeah. And only sort of just be like, you know, I think this is going to be big Mm -hmm. or I think this is going to be good, but you can't really, you can't really make that judgment until you've at least seen like an arc play out. Yeah, exactly. Um, And to give a little more background on kind of what sight and sound poll is for people that are unfamiliar, it's basically just a poll. They poll like a, just a bunch of critics, a bunch of like directors, just kind of movie people um, to get together like their, I think what it is you submit your, like your list of the 10 best movies or 10 greatest and they leave greatest kind of ambiguous. Um, But so I'll run down what like the most recent one was in 2022. So from one to 10, it's Jean Delman, Vertigo, Citizen Kane, Tokyo Story, In the Mood for Love, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Beau Travail, Mulholland Drive, Man with a Movie Camera, and Singing in the Rain. So if that gives you like some sense for kind of what things get included with that, um, I think that's a little bit what we try to follow. Because it's not really just like a here are, you know... I guess it kind of is the 10 best manga, but I think there's a there's another layer to it that's, you know, it's not just going to be like One Piece, Berserk, like, you know, the, the 10 right. that you would see on my anime list. Yeah, thinking about my list, I was also kind of trying to think of like what the 10 most influential were. Mm-hmm. Like when you read an interview with a mangaka, what's the manga they say was like yeah. huge inspiration on their style or which ones get referenced the most in manga mm-hmm. was really something i tried to think about yeah also just like on a slightly related note i was looking at uh 2012's list and mm-hmm. the 11th place pick was battleship potemkin which is a soviet <laughs> silent movie from 1925 mm-hmm. which is actually referenced in a recent witch watch chapter it's the oh. movie that morihito mm-hmm. uh, decided to go on a date to see that's hilarious <laughs> yeah and i was trying to look at this too and like i don't know if there is a jean delman of manga because <laughs> it is one like so, I mean, I guess Jean Delmas from 1975, but like, you know, manga is so kind of new, I feel like, compared to just cinema or at least, you know, kind of our awareness of it. And it's also, it's mm. only one country. So I think that changes it up yeah. too. Like, you can't have this like influential foreign film version of manga because th- that's called a comic book. <laughs> yeah. Are- it, that would be like including like Scott Pilgrim or like Batman. Yeah. Because where where do you like where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like my picks kind of skewed older too mm-hmm. because the sight and sound poll. I feel like the people voting on it were usually older, and the movies tend to skew towards like pre nineteen eighties film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of like really stuff that's like stood the test of time mm-hmm. and maybe like one or two other things that are newer exactly but also you i feel like you can't go too old with manga because before like osamu tezuka i feel like the form really hadn't like solidified mm-hmm. what the aesthetic of manga is yet and i feel like even manga artists don't reference anything like too much stuff that came out before him like yeah. pre-Astro Boy I feel like mm-hmm. that stuff isn't quite as influential as like 20 or 30s film that you'd see show up occasionally on the sight and sound pole yeah yeah pre-Tezuka might as well be like dead ball era 
Right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, do we want to uh, do we want to hop into it? Let's start with one of our uh, number tens. We can let you go first. Yeah. So mine. This was kind of my artsy sleeper pick. The, mm-hmm. the sort of foreign film or more obscure film that's like still known, but might be less known than the other stuff on the sight and sound poll. But I do feel like Junji Ito's Uzumaki would probably be one of the like, I wouldn't even call it underground series because he's pretty known, but like Mm -hmm. one of the sort of alt manga that seems to have like transcended that sphere and impacted the mainstream. Uzumaki is a series that you'll occasionally like see referenced in a shonen series or, you know, a big anime. Mm -hmm. And even though I feel like it may not be Junji Ito's like best work, he's got so much material out there and peak works in so many different formats. I feel like Uzumaki is probably the thing you associate with him most. Like even before I was into anime, I had a sort of like bootleg Uzumaki band t-shirt. I had no Mm. idea what it was from, but I was like, Oh, this looks really cool. (laughs) And I feel like the, some of his like coolest illustrations come from that series as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think Uzumaki's a good pick. I was trying to get a Junji Ito thing on mine. I just didn't find like the place for it. Um, right. But I, I think that, I think it also gets sort of, it would get at least sort of uh, propped up too, because if you're going to like, like if you're a manga critic and you're making this list and you're like, oh, I need a horror manga on here. You're probably picking- exactly. <laughs> If if not Uzumaki specifically, you're picking a Junji Ito one. So even if you treat Uzumaki as sort of the you know the Junji Ito stand-in, uh, he probably gets one on the list because it's like, yeah, you either pick you know Uzumaki or another Junji Ito work, or what else do you you know what I mean? Like you're having yeah. to, you're having to dig pretty pretty deep. I feel like yeah and this was sort of like in my honorable mention section but i feel like if it's not going to be uzumaki it's going to be gege no kataro which is like from the 60s the Mm -hmm. classic yokai manga with really goofy artwork which is probably a pretty big influence on junji ito Mm -hmm. but like you said i feel like insight and sound polls if you're really pushing for like a lesser known director's work to get on there, I feel like you kind of got to band together and all vote for the most well-known, you know, work in their filmography mm-hmm. or mangaography. Exactly. And Uzumaki's that choice where you're like, oh yeah, I bet other people will vote for this and you're not going to, you know, vote for one of his lesser known graphic mm-hmm. novels. Well, Although and- for me, I feel like his short story work is kind of... I was I was kind of dunking on it a few issues ago, but I really went back and started reading some more of it, and I don't know, I kind of like it better in that <laughs> format, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if you if you look at like the actual sight and sound poll, like the top the top film only got two hundred fifteen votes out of like sixteen hundred people that that vote on it. So like, Damn. there's no chance that like the you know whatever the fourth who's uh junji ito work gets gets on there right like it's, yeah it's always just going to be the biggest one because it's going to have like 40 votes and that's what gets it there you right. know 100 votes um yeah speaking of shigeru mizuki my number 10 is showa a history of japan by shigeru mizuki i 
waffled back and forth on like which Mizuki work I wanted to put on here because if we're being honest, it probably is Gege no Kitaro. It's, you know, numerous people cite that as like their their big influence. It's like super pretty yeah. big over there. But I did show a history of Japan just because I feel like this is one that if you're if you're a career manga critic, this is like the one that you sort of pull out as like once again, like, you know, you're gonna put a Mizuki work on there, but you throw this one in there because it's kind of you know, it's a little more uh, I don't know how do cerebral maybe, right? Like it's a it's a yeah. his, you know, you've got this guy, he's doing like his history of history of Japan, like I think maybe there's some like you, you give it some points for like this sort of uh historical importance, I get or I guess, or like almost being like a, a textbook kind of deal. Yeah, and looking at, you know, the screenshots of it right now, I feel like a similar manga or a similar comic in the West would be Mouse, which is, you know, that mm-hmm. appears on so many, like, best graphic novels of all time yeah. collections. Because mm-hmm. you got this sort of, like, goofy cartoon artwork blended with hyper-realism and mm-hmm. really dark, gruesome subject matter. Yeah. Yeah, so I could, you know, I could make the concession that this spot should be Gege no Kotaro instead, but I, d- I feel like Showa History of Japan could have could have the legs from people trying to, like, change it up a little bit or feeling like, you know, technically it's better, right? Like, it, yeah, th- this is greater than Gege no Kotaro because that's just a, you know, kind of a yokai series. This one has, like, some, you know, a little more, like, cultural weight to it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, Jude, what's your uh, number nine? Okay, so I feel like I needed to put a Rumiko Takahashi series in here. Mm-hmm. Really difficult to choose exactly which one because you've got Inu Yasha, you have some of her more recent series, you've got Ruse Yatsura. Like, what do you pick? But for me, I felt like Ranma one half might actually be the most influential out of those three. Although it was really, you know, tough to choose between that and a Rusei Yatsura. Yeah. But I feel like Ranma really, there's so many elements of like even current gag manga comedy that really stem from that. Like you've got the weird like commentary on gender and sexuality. Mm-hmm. You've got the cute like early moe art style. You've got all these genres like, um, you know, martial arts manga slice of life and romance all converging on one series so even though it was a tough choice i did feel like ranma might be her most influential out of her like big three although there's like so many i felt like that could have possibly made it she's Mm -hmm. got a ton of really influential series yeah i do think narrowing it down to ranma or uh Yurusa Yatsura is the is the correct pick. I think that like Inuyasha, while it's kind of the biggest one over here, I feel like it. You know, if you, I, I don't see any like any other mangaka reference it, but I do see quite a bit for for Ranma. So I think that you know that alone kind of makes it like you know it's it's the one that would get the votes. Like once again, if you're you know kind of similar to Junji Ito, like the Shigeru Mizuki thing, like if you're gonna vote for one, you probably vote for Ranma. Yeah, and I feel like, um, you know, Takahashi in 2001 kind of got the Naruto stimulus package. 
with her series because <laughs> mm-hmm. like any any like sort of fantasy shonen series that came out around that time and happened to get any sort of syndication in the west was gonna blow up and mm-hmm. i feel like that was the case for her yeah i mean like growing up inuyasha was everywhere like it, it would come on uh, it would come on adult swim i believe so i never actually like watched it um, but I remember like, you know, all kind of growing up, it was, it might as well have been as big as Naruto or Dragon Ball or Bleach in my mind, you know, because it was, yeah. it was, it was getting the same commercials. It was, you know, it was being shown on TV over here. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say if this were like the deviant art sight and sound poll, I feel like Inuyasha would be like way up there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it like, goes like, like Sonic the said, Hedgehog like, and then Inuyasha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my number nine, I did Pluto by Naoko Urasawa because I feel like, you know, Urasawa, he's had so many like big hit works, but I did Pluto because it's the one, it's uh, kind of a, a retelling of one of like the bigger Astro Boy arcs. So mm-hmm. I feel like that alone, you get like, you know, you get some people that are wanting to give the, you know, the Urasawa vote. And it's also got, once again, this sort of cultural, uh, you know, weight to it by like playing off Astro Boy that, you know, kind of pumps it up a little bit was was my thinking behind that one. Plus, you've got this cool art style that bridges mm-hmm. the gap between like gritty hyper realism and still the like classic manga facial expressions that you picture when you just like generally think of the genre mm-hmm, exactly yeah yeah so it was it was tough between like pluto or monster but i feel like i feel like as much as i liked monster it is still just like a you know kind of a detective drama whereas pluto you know I, from what i understand it is kind of a similar thing but having the kind of the Astro Boy connection, you know, that that all of these critics or whatever have have definitely read the original, you know, and and this one, like, you know, you, yeah. you, you get a little more from the from the remake of it, you know. <laughs> um, all right, Jude, what do you have at number eight for us? So this is my sort of token new era pick of like the current era of jumper manga Mm -hmm. but i feel like demon slayer out of any of the series that have come out in like the past 10 years is probably going to be the one that would get picked if any of them do yeah i feel like for one its cultural impact it was just nuts and i feel like even here in the west we don't really understand like just how big demon slayer was Mm -hmm. like sales powerhouse I feel like everyone in Japan knew about Demon Slayer. Even people in the West like were talking about it when it dropped on Netflix and the anime came out. But I feel like Demon Slayer kind of has the manga establishment behind it. I feel like it's something that a jump editor would really appreciate. Even over something like Chainsaw Man, which might be technically like a better or more interesting series. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like you ask like people who were making manga in the 80s or 90s what their favorite new series were. I feel like Demon Slayer is probably going to be up there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's kind of the the real only kind of new pick I think you could you could choose um just because it is so so massive like, you know, outselling 
basically everything. There was at one point, I think, I guess it was 2020 or maybe it was 2021, where like of the top 25 volumes like sold throughout the year, 21 of them were Demon Slayer volumes or something like that. Something ridiculous. Dang, it's crazy. So it's like, yeah, so it's like if you're at, at what point does kind of just um, overall like popularity like take over the kind of you know the critical lens you're you're looking at right like if there's a mm. record that sells like a billion copies you'd have to be like well it, it's probably pretty good then right <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know this is the way this is the way people have talked about uh like Lil Wayne's The Carter Three forever because it right. sold a million copies in the first week people are like you know oh this is definitely one of the top 10 rap albums of all time right it's like ah not really but <laughs> i can see why you would you know kind of think that <laughs> yeah um for my number eight this might be a stretch i picked kaku kaku shikijika by akiko higashimura um i picked this one because this is one that i feel like is very much like the uh you know, we talked about a little while ago, like the kind of the Oscar bait one. This is like the love letter to to making manga or like, you know, kind of the the suffering of, you know, kind of like creating your craft. Um, so I feel like maybe there's a better stand in for that. I just don't know what it is. And I feel like she is actually like a pretty popular manga. She has had like a few successful like shoujo series. So I also think there's another or I guess like Josai series. I think there is another uh, thing to it where, like, once again, if you're sort of, like, making this poll and you're racking your brain for, like, the Josai series, you might pick this one because it's a little more, yeah. you know, it's the quote-unquote artsier version of that. Um, mm-hmm. And because, you know, if I'm thinking of it that, like, manga crit is a legit thing in Japan, that there have to be, like, shoujo and Josai-specific writers and stuff you know or maybe not specific but like you're you're still covering that stuff it's not just only you know whatever weekly shonen jump and then whatever's running in uh, the berserk magazine kind of deal yeah and i feel like you know you put that up against bakemon and Mm -hmm. i definitely feel like the art style is much better and probably better written even though i haven't checked it out myself yeah it has a tell it's probably better written (laughs) yeah it has a a much more kind of like meaningful story i feel like you know as as much as i like bakuman it's uh you know bakuman's maybe more fun (laughs) but i think you know i think anyone would check out kakukaku shikajiki and be like oh yeah this is definitely like just better yeah um all right what's uh what do you have at number seven yeah, this might be an interesting pick. It's something I don't think we've ever talked about on the podcast before, but one that as I was sort of trying to think of stuff for this poll, I went back and checked out on Manga Decks. But I'm going to nominate Kaniku Man uh, for my seventh pick. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a series, once again, that doesn't really have a lot of like traction in the West. Here here it's called Ultimate Muscle, and I think a, you know, a few people might know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely one that when you read other like shonen manga, you see referenced all the time. Yeah, I mean Oda has a One Piece character based off of a character he submitted to be part of the Kanikuman universe <laughs> because, like, at at a, the peak of its popularity, um, Kanikuman basically crowdsourced its villains. But it's an interesting series because it starts out as like a typical shonen jump gag series i went back and read like the first 10 chapters and 
it's pretty like lo-fi the art style is definitely like primitive but it definitely also feels like it plants the seeds for what's to come in dragon ball Mm. because it's like this really goofy action series about a superhero that's like a parody of what it means to be a superhero and it grows from that into a battle series based off of you know what the audience wants to see and i feel like now it's probably more well known for like really blending this like superpower fighting with comedy and Mm -hmm. i feel like pretty much every like superpower mangaka you talk to now is gonna mention kaniku man as being a big influence especially oda and toriyama they like specifically talk about how huge that series was for them mm-hmm. yeah i think this is a good and it went on this for is... a long time too mm-hmm. like it has like 800 chapters jeez oh <laughs> yeah this is one that i i thought about including i just once again couldn't really find the space for it but you know, even if you if you just go to the the Wikipedia in like the legacy section, you know it's getting cosigns from like uh, the Full Metal Alchemist uh, mangaka Fairy Tale, um, you know Matsui Togashi. Like, you know, if all these people are like theoretically putting it in their top ten, there's also another you know hundred people that probably are as well. So yeah, I think this yeah. is a, a pretty good pick. Um, my number seven, I did Ashida no Joe by Aso Takamori and Tetsuya Chiba. Um, this is one that like, I think kind of similarly to Kinukuman, um, gets like a lot of, a lot of love from like other mangaka. Like it, it's mentioned repeatedly in Bakuman. Um, it mm-hmm. even like, I feel like it's not popular over here, but if you look at like my anime list, it's in like the top 15, uh, like manga. So I think it, you know, it has, you know, this kind of similar thing of just like being actual quality. And then also anyone who was like reading manga in the 80s is like, oh, yeah, Oshida no Joe is great, you know. Yeah, this was another one that was in my honorable mention section. Mm -hmm. Like I was having read Bakuman recently, it was on my brain. And I feel like I mentioned too that like, a few episodes ago that boxing series seemed to be a huge deal in shonen manga around that time and Mm -hmm. i feel like when you think about that era tomorrow's joe is like the boxing or fighting manga from that like first wave of shonen jump yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's either yeah if you're gonna choose like the boxing manga it's either this or like hajime no ipo but yeah. I don't really see that one referenced like you do Ashida no Joe anywhere except except yeah. for over here because you know the anime got created by Madhouse so uh you know it's it's loved in the West but <laughs> that's that's as far yeah. as I can give it. Um, all right, Jude, what'd you put for number six? All right, so for me, I put uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, I feel like it was either that or Hunter Hunter, but mm-hmm. once again, I had to think about like influence and legacy and i feel like when i'm thinking about togashi's legacy yu hakusho definitely maybe doesn't get mentioned as much in terms of like references as hunter hunter but hunter mm-hmm. hunter is also relatively newer than a lot of these series and yu yeah. hakusho definitely like fused comedy and action in a way that appeals to like 
people that think about what the meaning of manga is or what the essence of manga is. I feel mm-hmm. like Yu Hakusho feels more manga than Hunter Hunter does, which yeah. is a weird thought, but I feel like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can feel the kind of the, the tendrils of Yu Yu Hakusho in basically every other series that is running, you know, currently. Yeah. I mean, even even Hunter Hunter, there's so many characters yeah. in Hunter Hunter <laughs> that are just straight up almost like lazy rips of Yu Yu Hakusho characters. <laughs> but any exactly. of these sort and- of spirit, you know, spirit fighting, uh, exorcist kind of series pull 100% from from Yu Yu Hakusho and like also, you know, Gegege no Kitaro. Like those are kind of the the two ones that it's like if you're making one of these series, you're you're basically pulling from that to in some lineage, you know. Yeah, and I feel like it unfortunately doesn't have as much impact in the West as I think it could, mm-hmm. partially because like it came out a little bit before manga and anime were like known by most people here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, when the manga started being published in America in the early 2000s, there were a lot of elements of it that shocked people and ended up... <laughs> Like, it wasn't really able to be sold to kids everywhere because, for one, like, it's pretty edgy, too. You have the one dude who has, like, a swastika on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just a little, I feel like, a little too Japanese and edgy for it to have caught on as much as, like, Hunter Hunter or similar series that came out around the same time in Japan. Yeah. But, like... Among the manga industry, I feel like it's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think the anime actually caught on quite a bit over here because it was it was one yeah. that was playing on Toonami when I was growing up. So like once mm. again, it was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch Hunter Hunter or not Hunter, but Yu Hakusho because Dragon Ball comes on after it, right? <laughs> like that's true. It is it is kind of funny. Like what once again, like what series did make it over here? It also has a uh, incredible English dub, which uh, definitely helps it out. Yeah, Kuwabara's voice is top tier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the same guy that does uh, does Vegeta too, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, my number six, I did Berserk by Kentaro Miura. This is a little probably among the least interesting picks, but I think once you start getting higher, it you know the the, the sort of explanation is just like it's it's really good (laughs) and so i feel like you know especially too with you know mira passing away recently like berserk is kind of the like sign in manga um you know and i think it's it's one of these things like anyone looks at berserk and even if you're not like that story is not for you you look and you're like oh yeah this is very clearly like one of the handful best looking manga right and so you know i think it, it, it gets a spot up here i put it Maybe like a little lower than I would if I were making like you know kind of my own greatest manga list. Um, but you know because I I think there's there's other stuff that would get sort of like propped up by like being influential or like you know once again some sixty year old manga critic is like you know back in my day Tezuka was the <laughs> best you know kind of deal. <laughs> so he's not yeah. giving any votes to Mira, but yeah. So I'm. Yeah, put put Berserk at number six just because uh, it's it's really good manga. <laughs> Once again, that's another one that was like orbiting my top ten, and now mm-hmm. I'm thinking like maybe I should have included it, but I also felt like you would probably include it. Yep. <laughs> so for diversity's sake, I'm like I'm just not gonna put Berserk in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like uh, 
Berserk is one of those series too that for the longest time I didn't read it because everyone was like, you should read Berserk. <laughs> and then oh, once yeah. I did, I was I'm like, the same way. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> once I once I did read, I was like, yeah, this is this is actually just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of Tezuka, my pick for number five is Blackjack. Um, I feel like Astro Boy is probably the more obvious choice, mm-hmm. but I wonder if the critics would probably be like, I'm not going to choose Astro Boy because it's the obvious choice. Well, And, and th- so pick number two. You- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like, yeah, like Astro Boy is maybe the more influential one, but I think in terms of Tezuka works, Blackjack is of those two at least like the the better one you know kind of like yeah yeah i think people ap- appreciate it or you know like it more than astro boy and since i don't own any like english blackjack it's actually pretty hard to like find online but i did mention to like track or i did manage to find a couple chapters on manga decks and mm-hmm. even though it kind of does have that primitive art style that's a little hard to get into from like today's perspective it's got that sort of post mickey mouse noodly mm-hmm. limbs style uh there's some cool illustrations in this especially since it's more like dark and horror themed it's about a super edgy doctor that like solves medical mysteries there's some cool illustrations in like one chapter i was able to find of conjoined twins that look super like strange or creepy and hmm. the layout of the panels and stuff despite that sort of minimalist art style it it looks really stylish Mm -hmm. and fun to look at fun to read so if i were to track down like a actual volume of this i'd definitely read it Mm -hmm. yeah he he's one that i've never like really gotten into because you know stuff is so old and just kind of primitive compared to like a lot of what we get now but so my only real familiarity was was astro boy but the other day i started reading uh, a little bit of um man i can't even remember what it's called i think it's called like unico or something like that but it's about this like unicorn i don't i didn't oh, even make yeah. it through the very first uh thing but there's a lot of like kind of cool stuff that goes on with like the panel layouts in that like it it does not look like a you know kind of a current manga or even like dragon ball or anything like that like it's it's pretty funny how it it feels experimental now but probably then it was just like we just didn't they just didn't know what how to do it you know yeah and and reading a little bit on wikipedia because i was mentioning that like chapter with conjoined twins mm-hmm. it looks like there's actually a lot of like banned blackjack chapters that mm. were like too like weird or like edgy to actually be put in like tonkabon format and mm-hmm. that was one of them so I think the sort of controversy surrounding Blackjack may also kind of help it legacy wise. Mm -hmm. Because even though it has like a sort of cute or like goofy art style, it actually looks, (laughs) there's some panels that are like pretty creepy looking. Yeah. It kind of feels like another one of those series that would have inspired Junji Ito just because there's a lot of like weird body horror or medical horror. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Blackjack gets referenced a lot too. Uh, I can't remember if it was Witch Watch or Robico or both. Witch Watch just referenced it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, my number five, I'm going with Touch by Mitsuru Adachi. Um, and honestly, reading into Mitsuru Adachi is what made me come up with this sight and sound kind of idea. So I was reading, um, it was about the, 
uh, I was reading about Yuji Horii, who's the creator of Dragon Quest, and he was saying that like he was in- inspired by the storytelling of like um, I think it was like uh, Atomo who made Akira, uh, Adachi, and then like someone else, some other like pretty popular mangaka. I don't remember exactly what it was, um, mm-hmm. but so I started reading like a little more about um, Adachi here, and I picked. I picked Touch because I guess I didn't realize how big he actually is over there. Like I know that you were, yeah, uh, you were reading one of his series a little while back, but um, it seems like in the '80s he was actually just just huge. Um, and so I picked Touch because that was kind of like that series at that time. From what I understand, when I was reading about, that's maybe not like his best series, but you know, once again, I feel like this is the one that if you're you know the 50, 60 year old manga critic, you're like. Back in my day, Mitsu Adachi was the goat. So, so you're you're choosing touch. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I'm I'm in the camp of people who are like, yeah, he he is just like straight up the goat. Uh-huh. I've only really read Cross Game Mix and a little bit of Touch and H two, mm-hmm. but like everything I've consumed that was created by Adachi is just like incredible and i feel like he's the blueprint for everything we at talk in here value <laughs> it's got like the the moe shonen romance art style mm-hmm. the sports manga that doesn't focus too much on like the strategy or mechanics of sports um he kind of reuses the same character designs over and over again which i appreciate i always kind of like the like weird meta intertextuality mm-hmm. of an artist like putting all of their works within the same universe yeah the adachi verse um, exactly and similarly because i feel like um he's always lumped in with rumiko takahashi because they were both making these like weird shonen romance fusion series around the same time mm-hmm. and i feel like she's actually got like um, her own universe in Japan called like the Rumik world where all of her series kind of exist within this same like lineage and she hmm. reuses character designs all the time mm-hmm. and Tezuka did that too so I feel like maybe there's something to that that lends itself to being uh, you know lends itself to you being a mangaka that stands the test of time having well, all your work Mm-hmm. converge on like the same aesthetic yeah i mean toriyama has done that to an extent as well like uh uh what's her name Arale, Arale, what however it's pronounced from dr slump appears in like a couple dragon ball chapters oh that's true so you know i i think they're yeah once again he was obviously very influenced by all these people so yeah maybe there's maybe there's something to it um, something i noticed like going back to old manga series like um i forget what it was the the stop series from shonen jump stop hibari kun does mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and so does kaniku man and so does like every mitsuru dachi series but it seems like a lot of the old like 70s and 80s shonen jump series were constantly breaking the fourth wall like mm-hmm. the second chapter of kaniku man has Kaneku Man like fighting a kaiju and he destroys the Shonen Jump like Shuisha headquarters <laughs> and like you can see like the mangaka himself and all of the editors like falling out of the windows of the building <laughs> and Mitsuru Adachi like 
who like put himself in the like within the panels giving commentary on whatever is going on in the series mm-hmm. so i think it's funny that like that weird postmodern like meta quality was really everywhere in manga at that time yeah i mean it's in it's rampant in dr slump as well there's uh, the chapter I just read of Dr. Slump is basically just Akira Toriyama. Is He's one of the main characters in the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and even back then, they were complaining about like how hard it was to be a mangaka yep. and like, deadlines. So he does it I constantly. feel like that's something that's never changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right, Jude, we had the same uh, number four. So uh, what, do, what do we pick here? <laughs> um, I feel like JoJo's had to be on this list yeah. at some point, or we'd mm-hmm. just be like totally off base. And yep. I mean, there's it, it's totally it totally deserves to be like mm-hmm. Iraqi's so influential yet so like insular. His work is immediately identifiable, and it's really fun to mm-hmm. like. It's not just like good for you to read or necessary. It's also like. It surprised me how good it was. I think it surprised both of us how much we enjoyed it, both yeah. getting into it like over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it obviously had to be on the list. I'm sure there's people that be like, it should be number one. But once again, I feel like it would get kind of out, you know, outplaced by some of these other works. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's great. <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> one of the, uh, yeah, handful best manga must read manga. Um, I think too, it's, you know, it, it also does a thing with like, it's also good, but also extremely influential. Like, you know, Berserk, mm-hmm. I think is probably better just like, honestly, in like every facet, but it hasn't at least yet proved to be nearly as influential as like JoJo's is, um, you know, like every manga cause like, you know, what's your favorite manga? It's like, oh, JoJo's. <laughs> yeah. And you read any new series and you're basically like, oh, this is just a standability. Even yep. reading the Pokemon manga, we were talking about how <laughs> much like the structure and powers reminded us of JoJo's. Yep, exactly. And it's I think there's a reason people who read JoJo's become annoying people on the Internet who constantly have to compare it to Iraqi's work. I hated those people for the longest time, and now here I am comparing everything or referencing JoJo's all the time. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a reason why it turns people into just like annoying stands as soon as they read it. Yeah, yeah, because everything truly is a JoJo's reference. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, Jude, what do you have for number three? Um, this is one you you chose for number two, mm-hmm. but once again, like you have to include one piece on this list everybody loves one piece the industry loves oda like it's so long running Mm -hmm. and once again like every if every series that came after jojo's is kind of inspired by jojo's one piece is part of that too like the world building and pace and like humor of one piece totally impacted like everything that came afterward and i feel like it had this sort of like halo of um like halo of success around it where like everything that kind of came out around the time one piece was becoming popular like also became more popular by association and it still like carries the magazine to Mm -hmm. this day yep yeah definitely yeah i mean once again yeah one piece is just uh 
just great. It's like the kind of the prototype now for like an an adventure series. Um, I didn't put it on my list because it. I feel like One Piece in my brain has sort of supplanted Dragon Ball as like, mm-hmm. like you know, as much as I love Dragon Ball, it's almost like Dragon Ball is kind of unnecessary now because of One Piece a little bit. You know, like the the people nowadays that would that would be kind of influenced or referencing Dragon Ball, they talk about One Piece in that way. Um, you know, yeah, and it it is just like when you think about manga, especially over here, you just think about One Piece. It it is like you know, Citizen Kane or something like that for movies. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is just what has been regarded as like the thing for <laughs> yeah. forever now. <laughs> um, yeah, my number three though, I picked uh, Nana by Ayazawa. Um, this was once again, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I feel like. It is kind of like it's the pick if you're going to pick like a shojo or like Josai manga, you're yeah. you're just gonna pick Nana or because you know she is kind of the the biggest of those artists and this is her kind of you know peak series. I think there's also a little mystique around it because it hasn't been touched in like ten years and probably will never be finished. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm you know I I've read a little bit of Nana and it is. I mean, it, it's really cool. The art style is great. Like the characters are are awesome. It is another like legitimately like very good uh, manga. And yeah, I feel like it would it would definitely get kind of bumped up by being sort of the one you have to choose if you want to choose one of these. You know, one of these shojo manga. Yeah, that's a good pick, and I definitely need to go peep that series mm-hmm. uh, at least like. I know that anime is pretty good too, and mm-hmm. it's available and streaming, so I gotta go check that out. Yeah, I think you would. I think you would like it. It's got it's got some fun some fun characters. I like anything that's like has heavy like it has a lot of scenes with bands or music, mm-hmm. in it, and I, I I'm pretty sure there is in Nana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Um. All right, Jude. What did you pick for uh, number two? All right. Well, like for one. It's definitely as big as One Piece, like, Mm -hmm. in terms of cultural impact, and it's your favorite mangaka's favorite manga, but I gotta go with Doraemon. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, people outside of Japan recognize Doraemon, and, you know, they're like, oh, he's, like, cute, I like that little cat, but, man, like, Doraemon's influence is absolutely nuts, like you read it today, and even if it's not like the greatest thing you've ever read, you instantly recognize that like every gag series that came after Doraemon is just trying to be Doraemon. Yeah. Um, I really do like the art a lot, even though it's pretty simple. Like any any mangaka, no matter what genre you read, says they grew up with Doraemon and like learn to draw by tracing pictures of Doraemon Mm -hmm. and like maybe not in the west but like almost everywhere else in the world that you go like people grew up with Doraemon around the world and I feel like that impact because like manga once again is like there are artsy series but I feel like cultural impact and like sales do kind of factor in since it's like a lowbrow art form Mm -hmm. so I feel like Doraemon hits the like it hits the mark in terms of success influence and like just being pretty good so I'm gonna put it up at number two 
Yeah, it's probably a mistake on my end to not have it in my top 10. I did, it was like one of my kind of honorable mentions. Uh, I just, I think in my head, I grouped it closer with like, with Astro Boy and being something that like, yeah, everyone's going to be like, obviously this is super influential, but I didn't know if it was necessarily quality enough that it gets in the top 10. Mm -hmm. Probably does. That's true. I was probably getting a little too weird with the back half of my list. (laughs) Um, So, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. Good pick. Definitely. Once again, it is your, it's your favorite manga because favorite manga. (laughs) I feel like it's like saying if you were to make a sight and sound list for Western comics, I feel like Charlie Brown or like Peanuts might rank pretty high. Yeah. Although you might be right because I could see see I I feel like comics in America is such like a broad thing that it would also depend on who you polled cuz I feel mm-hmm. like if you polled like if you polled underground comics and like graphic novelist Peanuts would like sweep, but mm-hmm. if you polled Marvel like artist it's not even going to show up on the list Mm -hmm. and i feel like manga is such like an all-encompassing thing that i feel like doramon would either like be super high on the list or nowhere to be found depending on exactly like what group of people you're bringing in to vote on this Mm -hmm. so i think that would be interesting to see how it would play out well and with kind of the the nebulousness of greatest manga it probably does get placed yeah. pretty high just because, the, you know, the, there's a, a large amount of people that are like greatest manga means like greatest over time, like greatest influence. And Doraemon is obviously, yeah. you know, if not, you know, number one, it's number two or three. So, yeah, it, it probably mm-hmm. it probably does get put on the list somewhere. Um, we've already discussed my number two was One Piece by Ichiro Oda. So, Jude, let's uh, flip over to your number one. We've already like mentioned it multiple times mm-hmm. throughout this series, but I feel like Dragon Ball is probably gonna make the list. Um, yeah, and I almost feel like if I had to sort of like split it into two, I would actually say the OG Dragon Ball is gonna make the list <laughs> for one because it's my favorite of the Dragon Ball series, mm-hmm. and I feel like Dragon Ball Part One had a lot more like influence and is maybe like even more beloved in japan than dragon ball z is yeah at least by mangaka like i feel like it's peak toriyama art style um more of like an adventure story Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's just like overall a better story and better manga than what came later and like you said i do feel like maybe one piece has like overtaken it as the like stand-in for you know what great manga is mm-hmm. but i do feel like their art styles and like storytelling overall is maybe different enough for them to stand as like two separate series mm-hmm. especially since dragon ball has such like a it's so like influenced by martial arts and wrestling that i feel like it stands as kind of a different thing compared to one piece being this like world building heavy adventure series like yeah. Dragon Ball definitely feels more like a more sophisticated extension of what Kanikuman uh, tried to do in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not having one or Dragon Ball on my list is once again probably a result of trying to get too cute with the the back half of my list. <laughs> um, it yeah. probably does make the top 10. But yeah, I, th- I think in my head it was just sort of like, yeah, One Piece just kind of gets those votes. 
and maybe maybe there's a world where Dragon Ball just sort of like slips away. You know, it kind of ends up in this like this in between of like not the best quality, not the most influence, or you know maybe it has like too much of one or the other where people don't include it. But yeah, it probably gets put on the put on the list somewhere and probably at at number one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everybody, even if people don't like put it number one, I feel like everybody would vote for it just yeah. because like. Be like you. You have to put Dragon Ball on the list. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. I will say, I feel kind of stupid not putting your number one series on my list because I feel <laughs> like it's equally as critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my number one is Akira by Katsuhiro Otomo. Um, I can only speak because uh, I've not I've not read or watched Akira, so I can only speak of Akira from like what I've you know sort of seen about it. But Akira is another one of these that like. Is constantly. I feel like it's honestly referenced more by people outside of the manga sphere. Like the actual manga will be like. There's a lot of uh, like video game people that will reference Akira or you mm-hmm. know stuff like that. So I feel like maybe it's just a result of the manga that I read a lot that it's not like a huge shonen influence. But like yeah. it's obviously pretty massive over there. And we over here, I know we only really sort of consider the uh, the anime, but the manga is still like massive in Japan and like widely regarded as one of the best manga ever it's if you do look at any of these kind of like you know top manga of all time lists something like or you know favorite manga in japan it's always pretty high up there um Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know if it you know maybe it's not necessarily number one but i do feel like it is it's kind of interesting enough that you don't feel kind of like you know run of the mill if you're voting for one piece or dragon ball or jojo's you know well like jojo's maybe is yeah. kind of more similar to akira like it, it feels interesting or like adult enough that it's like oh this is a legit manga right like i i don't feel like yeah. i'm just like throwing away my pick with this um that it, i could see it getting pretty high yeah and i feel like that may have been the reason i didn't include it erroneously on my part is because I feel like I always think about the anime, mm-hmm. but you're right. The manga, I've even read it like years ago before mm-hmm. I was really even into anime or manga, and it, it was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. And also, you're right about like worldwide cultural impact, because like even beyond video games, like Kanye West obviously was like yeah. super into Akira, <laughs> um, Jordan Peele with a... Uh, with, uh, nope there is like a pretty obvious akira reference in that Mm. movie Mm -hmm. so i feel like even now like people can reference akira and stuff and pretty much anybody who like knows anything about anime is gonna know what you're talking about yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um all right well yeah that does it for our uh our sight and samples i would i would love to see something like this actually I, i wish we just could see more of like the greater manga industry like you know uh because like i said we don't really have manga manga crit over here um and i assume that is a thing i mean they have like whole awards and stuff like that so like you know there's Mm -hmm. there's obviously people whose job it is to is to like write and think about manga um so i wish we could see like you know at least a win or i wish i knew how to to go and find that sort of stuff uh because i think some sort of list like this would be actually pretty interesting to see 
Yeah, like on Wikipedia, you can find like a list of like winners of the awards, mm-hmm. but nothing really beyond that. So yeah, I'd if I were to like really get into that, I'd probably have to use my like current method of finding info, which is going onto websites and then using that Google Chrome extension that just like automatically mm-hmm. translates the whole page. Yep, exactly. I was doing that the other day to try to find like blue box info mm-hmm. and. I actually did come across some cool stuff. Maybe I'll mention that in a future episode. Okay, nice. Um, all right, well, do we want to get into our uh, Tenmaku Cinema scouting report? Yeah, so I'll try to... This episode's been pretty long, so I'll yeah. try to like keep it sort of brief. Um, but as I said before, we do these scouting reports kind of based off of a quick first impression just as a baseball scout would like appear at a college baseball game see a guy take two at bats and then judge the trajectory of his entire career based on that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we're gonna do the same for Tenmaku cinema just like grade each of its basic attributes on a 20 to 80 scale 20 being abysmal 80 being like god tier and yeah sort of predict where i think Tenmaku cinema is gonna go um, so the first category is Tenmaku Cinema's story. I feel like I'm going to give that a 35 to 40, which is just like average mm-hmm. you know, new serialization. It's not horrible, but a little bit of upside. Like, you know, yeah. they get called to the majors. They bat like if this is their hitting stat, they're going to bat 220 or like 230. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's because although there are things I like about Tenmaku Cinema's concept, which is for those of you who like haven't read it yet or didn't peep the past couple episodes, a story about this kid who's in his school's film appreciation club who gets possessed by the ghost of a dead screenwriter and is sort of challenged to finish this uh, screenwriter's unfinished work by like actually filming it with his friends and trying to get it published um like kind of a cool concept but nothing earth shattering and Mm -hmm. it's progressed pretty much exactly (laughs) what i might have (laughs) predicted it to is pretty pretty fast paced and like you know moving from point a to point b without surprising me too much Mm -hmm. so yeah i'll say like it's average probably 35 40 yeah i think that's fair it's a pretty familiar story it's not gonna make me you know just close close the app but i'm also not like you know waiting for next week so i can get the next part of it at least not yet you know and art wise um i'm gonna give it a like 45 to 50 on its art i think for like a weekly series and for a shonen jump series it's pretty clean. I mm-hmm. liked the Food Wars art a lot. And here we're getting that same art style, but maybe a bit more subdued and less like out of pocket a lot of the time. Yep. <laughs> um, but these are like pretty solid character designs. Once again, I think the score would be a bit higher if they were more original. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I can tell every character apart within two chapters, which is an underrated skill for a mangaka to be able to like create really distinct designs that you kind of just get right away oh yeah and absolutely so i think i think they're like the food wars guys are cut above the competition in that regard mm-hmm. um, in terms of character 
I'm going to give this like a 35, honestly. These characters feel pretty stock within the context of like shonen manga. Mm-hmm. The protagonist is just kind of like a lazy guy who's really specifically into like one thing that he's passionate about. We, we've seen that a million times before. And I the only thing that I think is kind of interesting about his character is that like he's a critic who is extremely enthusiastic and just gives everything like like a 10 million points out of 10. I think that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But I think the only character that I really like feel is uh Tenmaku himself, like the ghost. He he's pretty fun, although he does feel like Ryuk mixed with the dude from Hikaru no Go. Yeah. So, mm, nothing like crazy. Uh, none of the characters are folks that i want to like follow specifically whereas i think on with food wars they had much better characters in that series like the main dude soma his like on the first uh in the first chapter it shows him being like this genius chef who's really obsessed with like creating disgusting flavors and he's like kind of sadistic and i think that was like really interesting and i think Mm -hmm. it would have been cool for this guy to be really into like bad movies or like trash cinema and goes out of his way to make like horrible or distasteful movies and then this uh script writer kind of challenges him to make something great i think that would have been a much more interesting setup for this series yeah i agree yeah, the characters are all pretty pretty one note so far, and none of them have really. Other than Tenmaku, I, I do like Tenmaku, but even then, he he still feels like pretty plain in the in the broad scope of like what we have in the magazine right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, enjoyment wise, I still give this a forty five. I have had fun reading it so far. Mm-hmm. The references to Western movies and Japanese cinema are fun to like point out. And it's still like an original concept to have a manga about movies and Shonen Jump. So I'm still like, you know, I'm still checking for it every week. I'm <laughs> I'm not checked out yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I've I've liked it a decent amount. Um, it just it feels way more pro than what we get usually with new new shonen jump series so i think like that alone it's like oh these are these people know what they're doing like you know it feels like a series that's already been around for 100 chapters yeah and that's why i feel potential wise despite the lower scores all around i'm gonna give it a 45 because for one they have the advantage of being established mangaka with the trust of the editors Mm mm-hmm and two, I feel like there is a baseline quality where it's not completely lacking in any of the other sections. Yeah. To where, like, I can't see people just completely dismissing it after a few chapters. So even though I don't think this is going to be, and I could be wrong here, but I don't think this is going to be like an all-time great series. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I would bet on it doing okay. I don't think this, I think out of the newer series that have come out recently, this one's like, this one's the safe pick. This is the one you draft kind of assuming they're going to make it to the majors at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And stick around long enough to just kind of survive and like have a have a decent run. Yeah. Yeah. And so my uh, man, if I had to predict how many chapters this is going to run, ugh, I'm maybe like 
I could see it being like PPPPPP, like 60, 70. And I think that's low balling it. Like mm-hmm. I would say somewhere between 60 and 100, even though that the way things are going now, that actually sounds, <laughs> that sounds like high praise. But yeah. I feel like the fact that this is by an established artist make, gives me hope for its future. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm going to nail it in around there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair because I, I do think this one survives so i think if it gets you know at least where we're at right now this seems like one that i could see in the magazine for a handful of years um just because it is so it's kind of like why would you axe it there's always going to be something worse than this so i think if it does get axed it is a a ppp uh high school family sort of deal where maybe it's just like it just hasn't done quite well enough, and somewhere in that 60, 70, 100 range, they're finally like, okay, you know, like, we've we've let you keep going because you're better than, like, the worst few series, but, like, eventually we gotta, we gotta recycle it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, maybe this week we'll skip our normal kind of manga recommendations, just go into our, our last minute ones, if that works, since we're, we're running a little short on time this week. Yeah, we'll we'll mention those next time around. Mm-hmm. Um, so my bonus recommendation is to listen to HKCR, which stands for Hong Kong Community Radio. It's like mm-hmm. a it's one of those online radio stations, like NTS. It's also on SoundCloud, but got a bunch of cool like hour long DJ sets they do all day. And mm-hmm. if you're into like bass music or like weird experimental club electronic type music they've got a lot of cool stuff especially Mm -hmm. if you're interested in checking out more from like japan china and taiwan's like electronic music scene because there's a lot of cool stuff coming out from there and yeah it's just a i've been listening to it a lot recently there's Mm -hmm. this uh dj from japan called like rack r or w-r-a-c-k who I enjoy quite a bit, and he does a <laughs> weekly show on there. Yeah, that sounds that's pretty that's pretty cool. I'd never thought about like any of those kind of like internet radio stations ever since I got Spotify. <laughs> me, me either. I feel like I was like, well, why would I listen to this? I like mm-hmm. to choose what I listen to, but at the same time, I've like been checking them out more. And now that I'm at work, like I work at my desk and don't always want to just like click on my Apple Music app to click on things. It's been mm-hmm. interesting, kind of just like put it on autopilot yeah Mm -hmm. um my kind of recommendation this week so my wife and i the past two nights actually we've gotten dinner from the same place this uh food truck over here on the north side called uh fernando's food truck so i will recommend that but chances are you probably won't be on the north side of lexington (laughs) because why would you why would you be down here at near high acres liquor um but i'm gonna say so like there's a few places like this like there's this kind of there's this like strip mall over near our neighborhood, which is like kind of closer to some of the more, I'll say like underserved parts of Lexington. Um, so we haven't really like gone there just because it's like there's like a an old kind of like gas station there and like a, a laundromat, like places like there's no reason for us to go over there. But there's a, a restaurant in there too called like Chick Chark, which is this Peruvian mm-hmm. like chicken place that was actually pretty fire. So I'm going to say my recommendation this week is just like check out the restaurants in like the random strip malls or that like look maybe a little bit grungy in your town because uh, they might be might be kind of heat and like 
at worst, <laughs> is it really going to be worse than like, you know, raising canes that you get once a month or something like that? Like replace raising canes with like the random, you know, we have like D's Diner. Like, yeah, just go go hit yeah. that up. It's probably it's probably all right. Or like this Fernando's food truck might just be absolute heat it is it's so good we got it the other night my wife was like cole these are the the best tacos i've i've ever had and i honestly kind of had to agree so hell yeah 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 go go check those places out you know get out of your uh your normal sort of restaurant routine um all right well yeah that'll do it for us this week there's no midweek episode we're taking a you know our couple week break before we start our new one um but be on the lookout for when we start those back up. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hit us with the reviews on Spotify, Apple, or wherever, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.